I am your co-host, BJ. Along with me, I got KG, and I got Big Jim with me. Welcome, y'all. Hope everybody's having a great, safe weekend. Uh, raining here in the DMV, so try to stay dry. We're gonna got a, we got a good show for you today. Put together a little something. Keep you entertained. Uh, so kick back, and we're going to start with Jim and the Sports Rundown. Take it away, Jim. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Out of Bounds. Uh, this is the Out of Bounds Sports News coming at you. From the NFL, the Rams have agreed to trade for a cornerback from the Kansas City Chiefs, Marcus Peters. That should be interesting. Also, ex-NFL Charles Tillman, Peanut, became an FBI agent. Congratulations to him to him, and finding success, uh, hopefully good success after uh, his NFL life. Uh, from last night, we got some NBA news for you. The Washington Wizards, our local team, lost to the Charlotte Hornets, 122-105. to after beating the uh, Cavaliers a few nights ago. The Minnesota Timberwolves lose to the Houston Rockets, 120-102. to The Los Angeles Clippers beat the Phoenix Suns, 128-117. to The San Antonio Spurs lost 119-122 to to the Denver Nuggets. In NCAA basketball news, Sean Miller will not coach the Arizona Wildcats against the Oregon Ducks tonight. Also news, Merlin has lost to Michigan 85-61. And that's your sporting news for the day. Appreciate that, Jim. Um, we're going to dive right into the show. And we're going to go to um what happened um earlier in the week uh Devontae Smith Pelly of the Washington Capitals uh a couple of Blackhawks fans while they were in Chicago the United Center uh were taunting him racially and it definitely made him upset um he could be seen pointing his stick at the fans at uh, at a certain point the fans were ejected from the United Center. I think they were banned for life. And the the, the Chicago Blackhawks did a, a issue an apology to the Washington Capitals and to Smith Pelly. Uh, my my question is, fellas, is just for me. It's just it's not a surprising act. It's 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 definitely disgusting. Um, the 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 fans were hurt taunting him with a uh, basketball, basketball, basketball. Basically, I guess because he's a black player, he should be playing basketball, not hockey. The NHL, I think, right now has a total of probably about 30 black players in the league. So it's definitely still a dominated uh, sport by the white majority. Fellas, what's y'all take on this? We're not going to spend a lot of time on this uh, because I think this is just something – it's 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 2018. I'm just not surprised of it, and I think it's it's going to continue on, unfortunately. But what are y'all thoughts on this, and how should it be? How how do you how would you handle it, Jim? You want to go first? Yeah, I take it. I, I just leave mine um, 
just kind of short. Um, it, it's it's not surprising. It's to be expected. Um, this is something we could probably take a whole episode with, but I'm gonna just leave it at it's dumb, it, ignorant, and it's uncalled for. You know, um, we're all human. We all need to be respected as a person, people, bodies. You know, so you know, I'll just leave it at that. Respect one another, people, and share some love. Thank you. KG, what's your thoughts, bro? Uh, it's sick. It's sick. It's disgusting. It has no place. It has no place in this world. But with the things that are going on the political climate, it's becoming more and more pronounced and acceptable to some people that these type of things. Don't tell me because of the color of my skin that I'm supposed to do something. I do what I want to do. I do what I was put here for. If I have a love for hockey or tennis or anything else that that you know, is out of the norm to some people. That's it, it may be out of the norm to you, but it's normal to me. So I'm I'm glad I'm disappointed that it was in Chicago. You know I'm a Chicago Bulls fan. When you talk about the United Center, I love the United Center. Madhouse on Madison too. Love it. And it, it hurt that it happened to my team as a Caps fan, but it also hurt that it happened in Chicago. So it has no place here. Definitely agree with you 100%. Um, I think the, the Blackhawks did the right thing, banning the fans. Um, I, maybe I don't. I was going to say maybe I'd like to hear why they thought that was okay, but I I don't. I don't want to hear it. Uh, I just think that uh, once uh, – I don't even have thoughts for that. Uh, so we'll just end it there. It's just, it's disgusting that it's still going on in 2018. And LeBron James has said something earlier in the week when uh, Laura Ingram said what she said to him. And I think he was saying basically he thanked Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain because they were there. Uh, Bill Russell and uh, who was it, KG? Was it, who was that? Who was at the All Star Weekend with them? Bill Russell, Kareem. It was Bill and Kareem. I'm sorry. Will, not Will. Bill and Kareem. He was saying he thanked them for what they went through. Because as powerful as LeBron James is, you have a reporter telling him to shut up and dribble. And he basically, he, he knows his history. And that's why he thanked Bill Russell. Can you imagine what Bill Russell and Kareem went through in their time playing ball? as famous and as popular as they were. If you think Smith Pelly got uh, what he got at the United Center, just imagine what they were getting in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, especially Bill Russell. So we'll and leave that. Both. Go ahead, KG. No, I, I was agreeing with you. Imagine what Bill Russell got playing in Boston. And it, even though as dominant as great as he, he he was, and as a great of a person that he is, uh, I'm sure he got things that he probably could sit down and tell us stories right now that'll bring tears to the eyes. Absolutely, I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, uh, but we'll leave that there. We'll move on to our next topic, and we're going to cover a couple things in the NBA. Uh, we got a lot of things. All Star Weekend was last weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the Wizards. And their inconsistent play, um, Mark Cuban and the sexual misconduct, and uh, 
workplace allegations against them. And also the fines that Magic Johnson's receiving for speaking on other players. So let's start general NBA. Let's start with the All-Star Weekend. Uh, I thought the game was great. I, I enjoyed the game. I know a lot of people call for the game to be changed to make it, I guess, more competitive. And it's an all-star game. To me, it's an all-star game. I love it. The first three quarters, we're dunking, we're, we're high-flying. And then with, what, probably about five or six minutes left, in it, depending on what the score is and what the other team has to make up, then you start seeing them strapped down. You start seeing serious ball, offense ran. I'm fine with that. The only sprinkle I might add to it is maybe do an outdoor venue, make it street ball, you know, uh, instead of indoors. I know they don't, they're not going to do that because of the powers that be as far as getting their revenue from the All-Star Weekend. Okay, but that would be a nice touch. But I think, and to this day, we keep talking about this every year, I think the dunk competition – and now the three-point shootout, it, it needs some work. So with that being said, if you had the keys, the NBA came to you, KG, Jim, and said, here, we're going to give it to you this year to make, give you ideas to make this, the three-point shootout exciting and make the dunk competition exciting. What would y'all do? <laughs> you want to be first on this one, Jim? Because I got one that nobody gonna agree with. All right, so let, let's start with the, the we'll start with the three point contest. With that, I would say Steph Curry would have to show up. James Harden would have to show up. You gonna um, make them show up? Yes, yes, because they're they're like that's who people want to see. That that's that's your draw. Nobody's really coming to see. Uh, Dinwiddie, Cal <laughs> Lowry, unless you happen to be that particular team's fan. But when if you get Curry and Harden to go on a on a on a shooting spree, a high streak, then you're looking at thirty points being dropped potentially, fifteen balls going in a row. That's what's gonna make the fans jump out their seat and start crunching on their popcorn, get their fingers wet, messing up on their cotton candy. That's what's gonna get them excited. And, and and you spoke on it uh, previously, Brian, adding a four-point spot and adding a, a six-point spot. It just adds something else to it. But you got to have your main attractions there to get the people excited because that's what the people come for. They, they would That's what drives them, and that's what, that's what you, you want that talk. You want to say, you see how many shots he hit in a row? That is amazing. He dropped all his money balls. That would inspire so many people, and then all the little kids to go outside and say, "I can do this from this right here." So that that would be my addition to the the three point contest. Yeah, you you touched on an idea I had. I, I was saying since since Steph and James Harden and these guys, Paul George, Westbrook, since they shoot the ball from so deep anyway, why not put a four point rack in there? On, and on each corner where you have the corner three-pointers at, you put a four-point rack behind it. And they have the option of which rack they want to go to. So you can't do both because you still got the time limit. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you put an extra five seconds in there to account for the time to 
get to the rack. But other than that, you still have the same time. So you have to choose which one you want. And then a six-point shot from half court. You get one ball there, six-point shot from half court. I just think something to mix it up and make it different would be great. I think the four-point shot, I don't see that being too far away. Why not? These guys are already shooting from half court almost. So why not put the four-point shot in there, a four-point rack? What you think, KG? I agree wholeheartedly with both of what you said, but what both of y'all said. Um, I, I mean, just to kick it up a notch, you get to it and do, push it back to three rounds where it used to be. And but in that in that final round, you think you you think you hot stuff, and you had Gary Payton sit behind you while you in the corner, and he just talking all kinds of trash on one side. You get to the other corner, you got Reggie Miller talking trash to you. Then you think, oh, I just scored twenty-seven. I'm about to hoist the trophy. All of a sudden, you got Larry Bird. If if he can, you know, if he's up to it, you got Ray Allen. You got some legend coming out the back. Like, no, nah, no, nah, youngster, you ain't ready yet. And then they go ahead and they drop thirty. You got to beat their thirty. Something like that. And it, 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 every year you got a different. Now, granted, Craig Hodges will never get back out there because of things that happened with him in the league, but. Get former winners. I, I, I would love to see Steve Kerr go out there. And Steve Kerr can still shoot. I would love to see Steve Kerr go out there and knock a couple down. So you said incorporate some legends and some three-point shootout? Winners. Uh, kind of like, kind of sort of what the Redskins do. How they, they'll, they'll, they'll go back to the past and they'll bring somebody to the present. A face you hadn't seen in a while. That, that kind of thing. That's, you know, when you just paying, you paying homage to the past, but you're, you're, you're letting the youngsters know. Oh, back in the day, he was a bad boy. He could he could knock down some shots, whether it was in game one a three point contest, like he was a dead eye shooter. That type of thing, because these youngsters don't know the history. They couldn't tell you. I had it. Somebody tried to argue me down, and tell me Steph was the greatest shooter in the history of basketball. I said, "What about Reggie? What about Larry?" They said, "Who?" I said, "Oh my goodness." I, I can't. I got to sit here in school, and I can't do it by myself. Help, help me out, NBA. All right. So, with that being said, I think I think those were some great ideas for the the NBA three point show. And they incorporate them. We just want to let you know, Bounds Podcast. We want to to watch the festivities. Okay, we're saying it here now. Um, now, with that being said, what what do we do? What do they do with the, the dunk competition? It can't can anything be done to make that dunk competition more exciting? Headliners. You you gotta get better talent. That's gotta be done. I mean, I'm not knocking the talent that was in there this year because Larry Nance Jr. did his thing. Dennis Smith did his thing. But I would love to see possibly DeAndre Jr. Because he, he's a high riser. Uh, I, I could really do without Blake Griffin again. Um, I mean, you get your, you, 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 those guys that you go through, you can just go through and look at tape of the nastiest dunks, in game dunks all year. And you say, okay, we got a list. And come December, you start dwindling down that list and you get your top dunkers. And you put them in there and make them get creative. I would love to see LeBron in a dunk contest. 
But no, the stars don't headline it anymore. That's the problem. That's why the dunk dunk contest has lost its luster. No stars headline it. I agree. That's what we used to have. B, Joni, <laughs> welcome. What it do? What it do? That's what I talk. B, you got the you got the keys to the the, the NBA give you the keys to the dunk competition and say this has been a disaster. Our ratings are going down. We need you to change it. What do you? What's your first? What are you doing, Joni? What are you doing to the dunk competition? I will get more celebrity. Judges, did y'all see who the judges were this year? Now, nah, who were the judges this year? R- refreshers. What was DJ Khaled doing judging a dunk contest? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't agree with that at all. I didn't agree. Uh, it would be nice if you get guys like Dominique, you know, uh, Do- uh, Dr. J. I mean, Dr. J was there, I think, but um. Yeah, that would be nice, man, to see some and, and like like Kevin was saying, if you get some some big time name, you know, at one time you had your your Tracy McGrady's, your Vince Carter's, your Dominic Wilkins, your, your you know, those were the big names that make you want to sit, run home, sit in front of the TV to watch this dunk contest. You know, everybody's over my house looking like, who is that? I mean, I don't get me wrong, like Kevin said, the dunks were nice, you know. But we're not gonna, we don't have the big names like we used to have. It'll be better we have some better judges, too. I remember a few years ago, I never knew who Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine were until I seen them in a dunk contest. Exactly. Exactly. But, exactly. See, what's funny is it goes back to the three-point situation. You need those people, like you, y'all were saying, you need those stars to come in. And make everybody happy, smile, drooling, like smacking each other, high five and smacking. Did you see that? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's why I paid $500 for these seats. Because this is what I wanted to see. Bro, That's you, the excitement. Hey, hey, bro, if you pay $500 for a seat, you're outside watching me. <laughs> Man, I'm in the upper nosebleed section. Yeah, you're, you're, on, you're on a plane to Dallas watching the NBA also. Exactly. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I got Jimmy's point, though. Jimmy's saying if you want to spend that big money, even though they're 500 more than what Jimmy said, they're $1,000 seats. Probably for nosebleeds, but I see what he's saying. Jimmy's saying if you're gonna pay that kind of money, you want to see some big name talent, exactly. which makes a so, lot of sense. Exactly. So in order for that to work, you gotta pay big money. And I think the NBA, the NBA has deep pockets. They don't need to go to any sponsor. We sponsor, right? Please sponsor it. Look, we are gonna make the dunk competition purse first place five hundred thousand dollars. But. But you yeah, that's a great incentive. But we gotta look at the big picture. It's still 41 games left. It's still X amount of games in the playoffs. You know, your high flyer come in, do the prettiest dunk, and all of a sudden everybody says, Ooh. It ain't because it was a great dunk. It's because he done tore his ACL, twisted his ankle, broke something on the way down. <laughs> so now you Everybody's like tippy toeing because now, yes, we want to present a great all star game to the fans, but at the same time, I can't have this be a detriment to my team, and that's why you won't get some guys show up at the all. It's just like with the Pro Bowl, some guys just don't show up for football games, 
No, not because they hurt. They just it ain't worth it. Because your team, you're you're more valued to the team than the All Star game. No, the All Star game is just a, a few day, a weekend event. Yeah, everybody loves you. You sign autographs, you kiss a few babies, and you move on. But when it's time to go back home and get ready to settle down and make the playoffs, if you're making the playoffs, you know you got something to worry about. Especially if you're an owner, you don't, you most definitely don't want your best or coach. You don't want your best player to go out there and, and tear a ligament. And then it's over because of the All Star game. Then, then everybody changed the subject to: Do we need All Star game? Yeah, and you make a very, very good point. And here's here's what I was thinking about the dunk competition. Why not invite the Why not invite the street ballers? Why not invite the street ballers for the the skills competition and the dunk competition? Are they Are we afraid that? Uh, is the NBA afraid that they're going to, you know, take over and embarrass their stars? Are we afraid of that? I mean, because even we saying that the stars aren't really participating in these events. We just talked about that. There are no LeBrons in the dunk competition. Steph is in, in the in the three-point – James Harden's not in the three-point shootout. But you got all these street ballers out here, hot sauce, different guys like that. The, the, here's a good idea. I just thought about that. Have you guys seen the hot sauce – Thing that the, the Atlanta Hawks do where they bring fans out the audience to try to guard him. Have y'all mm-hmm. seen that? Never okay, seen y'all that. Need to, y'all need to pop that up. Hot sauce, they bring a random fan out and hot sauce embarrassing. And ain't been one fan, I think, that can keep up with hot sauce handles. But what I'm saying is, do you go get guys like that for a handling competition or some of the, f- the high-flying dunkers on the street circuit? Do you bring them in and be like, hey, Let's go. Let's do it. It might be a lot of paperwork and a lot of money because, you know, you got insurance purposes and in case he gets hurt and he has to miss work or anything like that and it's taken away from him, you have to pay him. And I don't, but the thing is, I don't think those guys really mind. They'd be like, yeah, because I'm getting my, I'm getting my name, my brand on the big stage that everybody's going to be watching. That wouldn't be a bad. I mean, an NBA All Star versus the N One All Stars. If they that still would be awesome. Them. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. I would love yeah. to see that. I, I think that would be great too. But like Kevin said, the insurance issue. Somebody what, happens. Something what, happens on the court. What insurance just, issues, guys? How many? We we all work normal nine to five jobs. How many times when they want you to do something, you sign a waiver saying if you we're going to do you're going to do this for us. And if you break your leg, we're not responsible. We're sign- you're signing this way. How many, how many times do we sign this stuff during a month? So, but, but, think, I- but think about it. You you don't want to go to the if you're if you're at and one and you play street basketball and you come to the NBA, you know, to help uh, booster their ratings and everything, and you twist your ankle, hurt yourself, you're putting a dampening on your your career. You know what I mean? Right, trying to so help somebody else out. All right, so let's 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 take it let's take it a step further. I'm always the one to take it a step further. If somebody emailed me right now and said, "Hey, we like y'all, yeah, we like y'all show, you know, but we need y'all to come to, uh, we need y'all to come to to, to Seattle and meet with the executives, but you got to get there on your own." Are you gonna say no? Are, are you gonna are we gonna dig in every bank account we got? Max out credit cards and get on a fight to go to Seattle. We're going to Seattle. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to Seattle. So, but there's no injury in Seattle <laughs> unless the plane crashes. But what I'm saying is, you don't know the dunk competition 
and whatever skill, let's say, if they do an and one versus the NBA, you don't know what doors that are open for. Those and one players. The and one players. But then you also need to think about it like this: What if LeBron trying to guard the one of the best players on on that tour, and his his ankles wind up looking like the dude on Misery when they just flop to the inside because he done broke his ankles. <laughs> hey, and that and that's the point <laughs> I was making. Are they scared that hey? We don't want our players getting in. We, we feel like our players are the best players in the world. We don't want our players embarrassed. Is, is that the problem? I yeah, I think that would be. That might because, be your opinion. Everybody's question would be, why isn't he in the NBA? Right. Yeah, you know, pretty why, much. And then you have to figure out. And, and then, you know, sometimes when you start digging, you dig too much. And, you know, it it might be personal reason he might have messed up somewhere. That's why he's at a and one, and you know, you you don't want the negative to be glorified. I would just leave it at he's not at the NBA because he doesn't want to be there, or or not because he didn't did something. He made a mistake in his past, and and that's why he didn't make it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, let's 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 go on to the next. Uh, let's we still staying in the NBA. Um, real quick, uh, we're. Uh, I don't even want to go to this topic. The Washington Wizards and the inconsistent play of the Washington Wizards. Uh, to be honest with you guys, I have not watched a full Washington Wizards game probably since about November. That, they were frustrating me with their play. All right. So with that being said, I want, I want to bring up a stat. Against Teams below 500. The Washington Wizards are 19 and 10. Okay. The two top teams in the East, Toronto and Boston. Toronto's 23 and 2 versus team below 500. Boston's 21 and 5. Cleveland's only 19 and 7, but we know that Cleveland team has been struggling. Okay. The two teams behind the Wizards in the fifth spot, Indiana's 21 and 8. And Milwaukee's mm. twenty and six versus teams below five hundred. Okay, we all know if you want to take the next step in your any league, NFL, soccer, whatever you, baseball, you have to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And I say, out of those ten losses, the Wizards probably should have won at least seven of those games. And they just came off the All Star break. Say hey, it was everybody's first game back. Cleveland was dragging, blah blah blah. They beat Cleveland. They went, they were. Then they go to Cleveland and beat Cleveland. I don't know was that he on Cleveland. I don't know either. Or they beat they beat the Cavaliers, uh, new look Cavaliers that that's been looking good. Then last night, they're down twenty points to the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets, they're down 20 points. The Charlotte Hornets are currently the 10th spot in the East Conference at 26 and 33. They're down 20 to this team. And they do this every time. They play down to their opponents every time. And I don't know what what has to happen for that team to – I don't – I just don't understand what it is they have to do to be more consistent against teams below 500. I know it's really frustrating watching them play. Now, 
they have a they have a, a couple of problems, I think. The one first problem I see is that when either one of their stars is out, Bill or Walt, the team plays better. And, you know, the first thing you think of, maybe because there's more basketball to go around or whatever. But that issue, that's a that's a big issue right there for me. That that means these guys, they, they don't play well together. One of them gone, the team goes on the street. So right there, something's wrong, okay? They don't have an athletic enough big man, okay? They're, the DeAndre Jordans of the world have not landed in Washington. But this team is very frustrating because they prove to you that they can go out and play with any team in the league. And then when Atlanta comes to town, they get blown out. So it, it's just amazing to me watching them do this. They're fourth right now in the Eastern Conference. They're not going to the East Finals. You could count that out. Because the two, the three teams in front of them, they can't do anything with. The the Raptors, the, the Celtics, or the Cavaliers. They're not they're not gonna be any of those teams in the seven game series. I don't care if they have two John Walls back there. It's not gonna happen. You know what, B? I'm I'm not gonna call myself a Wizard fan. I'm not I like to see them win, except for when they play in Chicago. But I like to see them win. And it's not a coaching a coaching issue. This has been going on under the last three regimes where you have massive talent, but they play down. It is something else going on. No matter who's on that team, they play down the competition. Like they feel overinflated that are we so good? We don't have to. The Wizards were projected this year to be in the top three. They they were supposed to be that third team, not this fourth, fifth stuff that they keep meddling with every year. When are you going when are, when are they gonna bust out of that slump? Because that's that's what that is. That's a slump. Because if you're thinking fourth and fifth and sixth place is where you're supposed to be, no, that is mediocrity. You should be in the top echelon of the East. You should be rubbing shoulders with the Clevelands and the Boston's. Just like Toronto worked their way up from the bottom to the top. It is something, a fundamental flaw. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's their attitude. Do they need a, a, a motivational speaker to come in and talk to them? But this is not how you play NBA basketball. I am sorry. <laughs> it's all right, Kevin. Uh, let it go. <laughs> it's just, you know... I. The one thing you probably want to take is they're 19 and 10. So that means they're over 500 against uh, 500 and below teams. So they're over 500 with that. Of course, their record should be better. Uh, it could be just a lack of um, – could be just confidence. Like you say, Kevin, it could be just going in and cocky like we should just dominate this team because we have Wall, we have Bill, we have Porter. But once these three guys are not hot, who do they fall to? Uh, are you relying on Marquise Morris or uh, Absolutely not. Uh, Marquise Morris is, to me, is just an average power forward. forward Kelly Oubre Jr. stands up. He sticks. He sticks out sometimes. Yeah. Kelly Oubre. Yeah, absolutely. He does, but he doesn't have. He's not consistent yet. We gotta give him time. So, uh, we had this discussion before. Like at this point, like DeAndre Jordan would have been a great addition. Make a trade for him. Give up some future draft picks for him. 
even signing somebody like Lou Williams who can come off the bench and give you 25 because you know he can come off the bench and be instantaneously hot. I mean, he can light it up. He would, he would be a better filler for me than Jody Meeks. And, you know, I thought Jody Meeks was going to actually do something here, but I don't know if they're not using him right or what is it? He's he, he just a street shooter. He, I mean, it's kind of like with the Lakers. He, he doesn't do anything to make you say, uh, it's Jody Meeks. If he gets hot and give you 20, you're happy. But if that's every 10 game, you'll take it when he's dropping 20. And he's dropping every 20 games, he's dropping 20 points. Then he's dropping five points the other 19 games. You're going to take that. Being a, a, a streaky shooter is not what they need. They need a more consistent shooter. You know, I heard from a Wizard fan uh, maybe about a week or so ago. I won't mention his name because he, he, he's a, a podcast listener, one of my coworkers. Oh, Thomas Sadoransky, he balling. What, what, what did he do outside of that one game? Tell me what he did. He couldn't tell me. Hey, come on now. He hold his own. He hold it down. But with some uh, occasional Wizard delusional, thinking this team is better than what they are. But they, not a, he's not an all-star. He's not an all-star, but he's holding it down. Okay. Make the move. I, I get, strengthen the team. What, what's your question? What more, what more can, do you want from him, I guess? Um, I just – I really think – I think they're playing down. I really think they should be in a better position. Especially it, – it's frustrating because we've seen how bad the Cavaliers have been struggling, especially before the, the trade deadline. And they're still behind this team. And, and I think that speaks volumes of their level of play and, and, and them being inconsistent with what they do. I would just – I want to see – don't get me wrong. I don't want to see them trade to just trade. But I thought that they should have made a move for an athletic big man at the, at the deadline. And if DeAndre Jordan Price was too, too high, then so be it, because that's what the Cavaliers were saying that his prices tag was too high. So if that's the case, then so be it. But this team, it's just it's I don't know what they need. I, I know they need an athletic big man and Gortat needs to come off the bench. Um like I said, Marquise Morris, he doesn't do anything to impress me. He just average you know, I thought I thought he would come in and dominate a little bit more than what he has. Especially with John and Bill, you know, handling the rock. So but, but they are the top four. I, I mean, I don't know what else you you're really looking for. Like you said, they should be at least top three. I, the way Toronto plays, they they're up and down. They can go on a a twenty game losing streak real bad. It's just when Rose and Lowry they're not clicking. You know that team just falls apart. Absolutely, dude. It's like, so they, yeah. the Wizards are not out of. So they can still move up in the top three. And at this point. We can't lose no more. The Wizards can't lose no more. No more to the uh, bottom five hundred team. And that's and that's their problem. They keep yeah, they keep dropping games to the Atlantas of the world, and, and you know it's just it's, it's not going to cut it. They have to get to a point where when Charlotte and Atlanta, you know, when it's time to play them, that they're dominant from start to finish. And they until they put that put that whole thing together, you're going to keep seeing the same result from the fourth and fifth. And out in the first and second round, and, and I don't know what other moves they can make. Grunfield needs to kind of dig in his bag and figure out what he can do for that team. So, 
with that said, we still stand with the NBA. I know KG, this is going to be a hot topic for him. I know he wants to dive into this. The Dallas Mavericks organization, the front office, let's say the front office, let's make, make that clear, has been accused of sexual harassment and misconduct in the office place. It was a Sports Illustrated article that came out that kind of highlighted different things that was going on in the office. The point where some of the female people that was in the office were saying they would go to the locker room, the players' locker room, for refuge. They felt more comfortable in the players' locker room than they did in their own front office. So with that being said, we all know who Mark Cuban is. And we know how hands-on Mark Cuban is. He always sits in the front row near his team where you can see him. Mark Cuban says he doesn't know anything about this. Do y'all believe him? I kind of sort of do. Because it's not like... I'm sure it was brought up. But on one hand, I do. Because, I mean, it's Mark Cuban. He, he don't play that type of stuff. On the other hand, I'm like, yeah, but you so hands-on and you so involved. How do you not know this is going on? I'm sure you have an open door policy because anybody can approach you. You're the type of person that people can approach and talk to no matter what walk of life because of the type of respect that he garners, the type of respect that he gives. So it's not, it baffles me that he didn't know, for him to say he didn't know until the article came out. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence about him knowing, but it, it, that's something that shouldn't happen at all. Hey, hey, Johnny, what you think? You have, do you think Mark Cuban knew about what was going on in that office place? Mark Cuban is all around the organization. Mark Cuban knows everything that's going on with the organization. Of course, he's not going to address the media and say he knew because it's not going to look right. It's going to make him look real bad. He may even get fined if he knew. So to take it back to Penn State, when that Jerry Sandusky stuff was going on, of course, everybody's going to say they didn't know. That's what you're supposed to do, I guess, so they won't get, you know, fined and everybody look at you wrong. So to answer your question, yes, I agree. Mark Cuban knew. Mark Cuban, he sticks his nose around everything going on with that Dallas Maverick organization. So, yes, I think he knew. Jim, what about you? You think he knew? Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with Kevin. It's kind of hard to say. Um, he could have known. He he may have known. He may not have known. It's just, you know, you run such an organization. It's, it's, you can't know everything. They know you can't pay attention to everything at once. So people tend to try things and see if they can get away with it till it's brought up. But at this point, it makes you wonder what kind of open door policy he has <laughs> for his people just to be able to come up and talk to him. Because if he if he's into the organization like that and cares about his people, most likely he should have a great open door policy where anybody can walk in and discuss and feel comfortable that when they talk to him, um, there's not going to be no uh, retribution towards them. So it, for me, I don't know. It's like 50-50. You know, you, you can't play the game of I know, but I'm going to tell you I didn't know because you'll pay for more at the end. And then you you will come up with more probably more legal issues as it comes up. So if he's smart, he he shouldn't be lying and saying, "Yeah, I didn't know," 
But I, I think it just falls back to having a great open open door policy and having a good relationship with your people. And if your people are not comfortable comfortable enough for coming to you, then maybe it's something else going on that you don't know about, or you need to figure out how to um, better uh, communicate with your team, your employees, to make them feel comfortable. What, what do you think, Mr. B.J. Johnson? Give us your input. I felt like he knew 100% what was going on in that office. Um, just just the, the, the TV marquee that we get to see is super hands-on, um, knows everything, knows everybody. He, he, he didn't make his business and be as successful as he is not knowing. So I think he knew 100% what was going on in there and probably – probably, you know, try to start doing the hush game and, you know, um, whatever else he had to do to to keep it quiet. And I agree with B 100% that <clears throat> he knew. <laughs> I, it's just he knew he's too smart of a businessman not to know. And this is just ugly right now for the Mavericks. And they, now it's in time for damage control. They're under investigation. Uh, and and this is it's just he knew. I, I really I really believe that he knew. He's just too too smart of a man not to. So let's go on to the the next set of fines the NBA has levied down for Magic Johnson. His continued talking about other active NBA players. I'm gonna let KG have this. Because I know he is very upset about this. Thank you, BG. Now, granted, in no way, shape, or form am I a Laker fan at all. Never have been. My dad's a Laker fan. You you should be. Uh, Uncle Jim's a Laker fan. But no, I, no, I'm I'm a diehard Bulls fan. Now, growing up, I had a choice between Magic and, and Michael. Everybody wanted to be Michael. I wanted to be Magic. Now, Magic's the GM. I'm sorry. President of basketball operations. Let's not give him the GM title. He does an interview over the summer. They ask him, if you see Paul George, are you going to speak? Of course I'm going to speak. I know Paul. You know, I, Paul's, you know, a friend of mine. I'm going to say, hey, Paul, wink, wink. And you know what the wink, wink mean? $500,000 fine. For tampering. 500000 for tampering. And it was a joke. It was a, He didn't say... Everybody knows Paul George is going to be a Laker next year. Everybody knows this. My wife knows this. She doesn't even watch basketball, but she knows Paul George. I know. Then you get him again because he did an interview, and they asked him about the Greek freak. He gave such praise about how he handles the ball, how he can shoot. He said he plays just like me. only thing that he does that I do is play above the rim. He's going to win scoring titles. He's going to win NBA championship in Milwaukee. $50,000 fine. For what? Giving a compliment? And everybody's trying to convince me that, oh, well, you can't compliment other players. How? But in a post-game interview, I just said, well, he, you know, he played really well, and he did this. He broke us down. And we couldn't stop him. I'm going to fine for that. But in the interview, when somebody asks me a question and I'm giving interviews, you're telling me I'm going to get fined for doing if I answer the question, number one, number two, for giving a compliment? Are you serious? 
The NBA and Adam Silver have done a great job since taking over for Davis. And they're continuing the good things that David Stern has done. But these fines are outrageous. This is the first time I've ever had a problem with the NBA fines. And it's crazy. It's unnecessary. Please, stop it. $500,000 for a so-called tampering, and I'm using air quotations, tampering for giving compliments and making a joke. I, I think that I, I feel you where you cover coming from, Kev. And I think um, I think Magic should get the benefit of the doubt because he's such a such a strong personality, and Magic talks in, to everybody. But now, as a GM, you can't speak about other players on other teams. It's, you and I think they had to set an example with Magic, so it. They're not, you know, telling league. Oh, it, we we let Magic do it, so it's okay. I agree. Maybe the fine shouldn't have been as 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 deep as it was, but Magic has to tone it down as far as talking about other te- other players on other teams. It's because you already know everybody wants to go play for the Lakers for whatever reason. Brian, what's up? Mm. So, is it fair? I agree with Kevin. He shouldn't look. Slap him on his hand, but you asked the man the question, and he and he gave you his honest answer. You can't be mad at that man for giving his honest answer. Then then you can't ask nobody else in the in the GM level, uh, vice president level, any question about NBA players. When when a reporter comes, no question about other players, unless you're talking to the coaches and assistant coaches and players themselves. Because that's not even fair. And for him to give that compliment to the Greek Freak, look, the Greek Freak probably went out to the gym that day and put in some extra time because he's like, Magic appreciates what I do. He loves what I'm doing. His thought probably is not, I'm going to go to the Lakers because Magic gave me a compliment. His thought process is, I got complimented by one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA. Guess what? I'm going to go out here and work twice as hard now. I'm going to inspire my team to work twice as hard. I'm gonna lead this group to a championship. It, it has to be a better way. It has, the, the the Paul George thing, the wink wink, I can live with that because it's even though it's a joke, it's kind of a signal. But if you go hit people with tampering, you don't think these guys are on the court tampering <laughs> when they walk off the court talking to each other? That's not tampering. Mm. So they may as well get ready to start levying a bunch of fines against people. Tony, what do you think? The Hebrews will be. Who who was Jimmy referring to when he said that? I can give you one. Are you are you talking about when LeBron walked off the court and was talking to little uh, Ball, Lonzo Ball, something like that, or what? I mean, just in general, these guys talk to each other every game, and they hug and they dapping. They know they know Paul George might might leave OKC. You don't think LeBron like man? Look, you know, come on, come to Cleveland. You know, you see what we got here. We just traded some few a few players. You don't think they talk to each other on the phone when they do a com- Nike commercial, Foot Locker commercial? These guys don't move to the side, go out to dinner that night before they play the game or after the game. They not talking. I mean, I agree. I agree. It's, it's, a, it's tampering going all the way around. Well, you know. At the Olympics, LeBron and D-Wade got together with Chris Bosh, and that's how they, they was like, you know what, this summer, next summer we all going to be free agents. 
I stay in Miami. Y'all come down there and join me. We can do something. That's how that team got put together by tampering. So, hey, but that ta- thank you. It was tampering. But did anybody get fined for it? Not at all. Hey, I give y'all another another one off. You remember a long time ago when Larry Brown coach, I think it was either the East, and he uh, you don't think he was talking to with the the Kimber Matumbo? Next thing you know, Kimber Matumbo was coming to Philly. Do y'all remember that? <laughs> Man, be you you just brought up a good another good point. It's been going on for years. Four years. That's my point. That you, that's a good point. Yeah. Great points. I can't I can't argue with any of the points made. I agree with all of them. Actually. Um we're gonna slide through to our next NBA topic, and it's an unfortunate one. Jimmy Butler went down with a, a knee injury last night. KG, did the uh, MRI come back yet? Did they have any information on that? Yeah, MRI came back maybe about 10, 15 minutes ago. It's uh, just it's a meniscus injury. It's not a torn ACL. Timetable will be determined later on in the week. But I'm just okay. playing ACL because I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, you know, former Chicago Bull. That's where he got his name, Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Butler. And we all know what the G stands for. Gets. So, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing him a speedy recovery, but just take your time, young fella, when you're coming back. <clears throat> yeah, it, it looked bad last night because he was, you know, he was on the floor for a minute, and then he couldn't really put any pressure on his knee. So I'm glad it's not as bad as it looked. He can, you know, like you said, speedy recovery and get back. And um, that team looked good. I, I think they're one of the top offenses in the league. Anything? Yep. And uh, a top four team in the West, if I'm not mistaken, it's still on. And my dog, who, uh, you gotta watch out because y'all want to laugh at me. Watch out, T Wolves. Yeah, you still calling for the T Wolves in the in the West Finals, right? Yep, against Golden State because OKC and Houston gonna cancel each other out. <laughs> I don't think I don't think OKC is strong enough to get past the second round. The, the, depending on depending on where OKC matches up with. I'm about to tell you in a second. I'm trying to get to the standings now. Give me the West standings. The West standings. Where's OKC at? OKC is fifth. So if the playoffs started today, they would have to play Minnesota. Mm, so Minnesota need to move up a little bit more. I thought I had OKC at third. All right. They're gonna, Minnesota going to have to they, – I need them to avoid OKC. I don't think they can beat OKC. So I think – I don't think – I don't – oh, yeah, I think OKC second round they're gone. I don't, I don't, I don't have OKC getting getting too far. Not with that, that how that team is playing and how inconsistent Melo's been. I, I just, it, I don't have any confidence in that team. So, say that again. He kind of looks like he doesn't want to be there. But where does Melo? This, we, we, this isn't even a topic we have. Where does Melo want to be at? What does Melo want to do? Melo wanted to go to New York, and and he dragged that franchise into the ground. What is what is a good fit for Carmelo Anthony? Let's talk about well, that for us. They told him not to come to Miami. Go to New York, get your money. That's what they told him. Well, I guess the question is, who wants Carmelo now? Nobody. Who who wants to touch that? But also, you got to remember, it wasn't his fault. The Knicks didn't put any good pieces around him. Oh, you know, it was always something, you know, for them not to 
to not be able to move up in the, in the east. Junie. Right here. If you're an NBA GM, where do you put Carmelo Anthony at to, to build a team? Where, where does he fit at for you? Wow, that's a good one. This is kind of hard with Carmelo. Um, I'm gonna have to think about that one. Um, wow, that's a good question. I, I, I help you out. You put him with the Houston Rockets. You put him with Mike D'Antoni and let him just run. They don't really run too much defense. Let him just run and shoot. So you want to put him with a team that's already established, a good team already, right? Yeah, because he, but he's not defensive minded. He right. can play some defense. But he's more of a running gun type guy. So I mean, what other better fit? What other coach out there is really running and gunning? Because the Warriors play defense, even though they can run and gun. You know, he becomes that liability on uh on defense. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't even have a good answer. I mean, I, the Houston thing makes sense because they do run and gun, but I don't see where he's a cancer. I just don't see where he can go. And make a team better. Like he has to go somewhere where I mean, and the sad thing is he's there now, where he's the third or fourth option. And he's there now and he's not playing good. Like, like do I want to go get somebody that because they don't want to be here, they're gonna pout every time? Or do I want somebody that's come out here and play to help the team win? If we had the Carmelo Anthony, not even we don't even have to go that far back. We got five years and had the Carmelo Anthony that was playing five years ago. At that level, playing now on OKC, you don't think this team probably one of the top three spots in the West? I think you see. I, I think you put him now in like IT with the Lakers. Oh. You 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 make him come off the bench. Let him lead your second team. He can kind of be the main focus of the second team. But then again, that's where pride kicks in. And I've been a star for the last 12 years. And, you know, you got to put your ego and your pride to the side and say, I'm going to come off the bench for the second team and, and help them score. Do you really do – you... go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with Jimmy. Dwayne Wayne did it. He did it in, uh, in Chicago for a little while. He did it in Cleveland. And he, he just he, – he put pride aside for winning – even though we didn't win very much in Chicago, we still made the playoffs. We took the number one seed six games. But he put pride aside, came off the bench, and then when it was time to step up and lead, he stepped up and, and, and led us. And he did the same thing in Cleveland. He didn't have to lead, but he, he, he tooted and he came off the bench. So you got to let that – once you get to a certain point in your career, you got to – hey, my run is over. I got to put this pride to the side. And I want a ring before I go. That's the whole reason of playing is to get a ring. Can y'all even do? Do y'all understand what point we are talking with Carmelo? He came in the league, and him and LeBron were the face in the league. I remember when they were sitting down talking to Magic and Bird, and Magic was telling LeBron, "Hey, if you want Carmelo on that on that USA team, all you have to do is make a phone call." Y'all remember that? Yep. Yeah, I remember that. So we were talking, we, we go from them being on the same level to Carmelo probably not even in the top, definitely definitely not in the top 10 tier of players. I don't think he's in it. I don't think, if, I, if I'm if i getting a team of 20 right now in the NBA, Carmelo Anthony's not on that list. Mm. 
You know what? I hate to say it. Carmella is a big name. He used to be a household name, but I'm going to have to agree. You know, he would not be on my top 20. All right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and bail Carmelo out. He, we know he's an offensive threat. His defense has been, hasn't been great. Hey, Jeff, can I, can I, before you even finish, I just want to let anybody that's going to listen know that you're a Syracuse fan, and this is biased opinion. I just want to put that out there before you even continue with your Randall Carmelo Anthony. But go ahead. But you know what's funny? I, it's, 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 see, that's what I was getting. See, we, you already know me. So I'm going to give him a pass because he's not a great defender. And I'm going to put that on Jim Beheim for not making them guys play man-to-man and, and mostly playing 2-3 zone or 2-2-1 two, two, zone or 1-2-2 two, two zone. But, I mean, you could go back further than that. You could put it on his, on his high school coach. I, yeah, I could, but I can't, I can't speak on his college coach. I mean, his, uh, his uh, high school coach. But I can tell you, even though he helped them win a championship, the zone has its benefits and it, and it has its bad benefits. And this may have been a bad benefit for him out of the whole thing. Yes, his offense was good and productive, but he lacked on defense of playing man-to-man skill. I, I disagree with that. Do y'all remember the, what was it, the semi-conference finals where Denver was playing um, the, the Lakers and he was going back and forth with Kobe, John at Kobe? Do y'all yeah. remember that? So I, I disagree with that. If Carmelo wants to, Carmelo can play defense. Carmelo does not want to play defense. I didn't say he was the worst at defense. He can play defense. It's just, like you said, it's a matter of wanting to. Of course, he wants to drop buckets. That's what he wants to do. I just think he didn't put in the effort. And I think being as playing a zone didn't, you didn't force him to play good defense. All you had to do was just man up a spot. And, and that's all you had to do. Rarely did they play man to man. So I ain't saying he's the worst. But I don't think it benefited him in the long run to give him a mentality of I need to slide my feet, get in front of this guy, take this charge in, and keep it moving. Well, hey, I did not excuse me, BJ. Oh, I didn't oh, know. I didn't know Jimmy was a Syracuse fan. Jimmy, you my man. I've been. I still got my Derek Coleman jersey right now. I still got my Derek Coleman jersey upstairs. Come you know, on, man. I I got to to both of y'all. And even though we're not in the same we're not in the same league no more, I can't stand Syracuse. Hoya Soxa, baby. That's all I got to say. Hey, you know what? That's that's a whole different. That's a whole different show. I'm gonna just say this: I watched him play the last time, and I enjoyed it. Even though it's Patrick Ewing and still Bayheim, they still know each other. It was it, it just doesn't feel the same. They in two different. Everybody needs to be back in the Big East. I know it's about money, but that was a major draw. Syracuse, Georgetown, you come to D.C., you go to New York, and you know it's going to be a strap fight. It, 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 it was a beautiful thing. I'm sad they broke it up, and it's taking a long time for them to only play you know, each other once a year or every other year. That's, I'm, that's, that's all I That's all I have. Ain't sitting, nothing like it. I'm sitting here. We're on Anchor FM Out of Bounds podcast. And I'm sitting here. I started the podcast. I have control of it. I just want to hit the X so bad when these guys are talking about Syracuse and Georgetown when it's only all about the Maryland Terps. I just want to let y'all know that. Oh, Lord. Who is that? 
You win one championship in 2002, and it's all about you, huh? A championship we got out of the gutter that we had to scrape and fight and bleed for. We weren't. We had to bleed for that championship. All right, we had to go out in the woods and catch our own food for that championship. Okay, I just want to let y'all know this. I got love for Marlon too. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, dude. Fellas, and I can't fellas, wait till they start that series where they play Georgetown every year. Fellas, we are way off a of topic. We're gonna go to our last issue, our last topic of the, of the day, and that's these ridiculous offers that could be on the table for Kirk Cousins. I just want to read you the first one, and we don't know what's in Kirk Cousins' head as far as if he wants to win or not, or if he's looking for a payday. But the New York Jets. Total year value, they could give him five years, $150 million, which would average out to be $30 a year, fully guaranteed at $2 million. The total guaranteed money would be $90 million. His, th- his three-year payout sounds like this, $52 million for the first year, $72 million for the second year, and $90 million after year three. Now, them and the I think the Browns have like a hundred and ten million dollars, so they could probably offer him about the same. I'm looking at all these offers. Denver could probably offer him about the same thing, uh, fifty-two to million the first, sixty-eight. It's not as much as the Jets. The Jets have a lot of room to to put up that type of money the first year. Jacksonville is looking for him, from what I understand, what I've been reading. They want to cut ties with Blake Bortles. So, out of these seven teams, we have the Jets, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Jaguars, the Browns, Cardinals, my Buffalo Bills. Who do y'all got Kirk Cousins landed with? This will be our last topic, and we'll end it there. Uh, I get. I know what I say. Something first. If it's all about the money, I'm going to the Jets or the Browns. But I, I think it's more than that. I think he wants to show that um, he shouldn't have been the second quarterback taken in the draft behind uh, Robert Griffin. But that's not that's not fair to say he didn't do anything. Who uh, RG three? No, I'm talking about Kirk Cousins to be the the top dog in that draft. He got drafted. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? It's a matter of pride and always trying to think you're the best. I agree with that. You know, from a personal, you know, you're not gonna go in there. You're not gonna go in there and, and somebody say who's better, you or or X person. You you're gonna look and say I'm better. You know, if you know if you're just speaking upon yourself because you have pride in what you do and what you believe you can do. But if I'm taking if I want to win, I'm either taking the, the Broncos offer or the Jaguars. Those are my same two. You, two, you took the same two teams out of my mouth. That's what see, I had to. You see, that's because Steeler fans think alike, bro. <laughs> <laughs> once, once again, we, we got the hey, look, once again, y'all are in danger of me hitting the X on this and ending this, okay? I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would pick those two. Now, my question is: Do you, are they bringing are the Broncos bringing back Emmanuel Sanders? That's the that question. Might be, that might be a driving question for me. If he doesn't, 
Because I think Jaguars had the same problem with uh Allen Robinson. So yeah, because he's I, one of the top wide receiver free agents, and I think I think if you're paying Kirk Cousins that much money, do you? I don't know the cap of all these teams. I know Cleveland has money. I know the Jets have money. I know everybody else is kind of. I know the, the Jets got seventy three million in in space. I think the um. I know the Bills and the Vikings are kind of uh, not strapped, but they don't have the, the Vikings have fifty seven million. So. You know what? I I I would go, and I have been going with the Broncos for the longest, but I'm thinking about it. With is Kelvin Benjamin coming back to Buffalo? B. You know what? That's a good question. They 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 gave up what they gave up for him. I would think they they want to keep him. If Kelvin Benjamin comes back to Buffalo, plug Kirk Cousins into Buffalo with Shady, and um, I can't think of y'all backup running back off my name off my top of my head. I don't know his name either, so don't don't come to me. <laughs> <laughs> you plug him in there. You got Charles Clay. You get another good number two receiver in free agency. You turn the Bills from a playoff, just a, a playoff. And so, oh yeah, we can really make some noise. But see, here, here's the thing, and I don't mean to, me, I don't want to keep jumping in, but when we we talked about this podcast, I don't think you can fairly say that they don't have a number two receiver when you don't have a number one quarterback. You don't know what your receivers can do. That is true. Tyrod, yeah. talk. You know, it, it, we watched the playoffs together m- mostly. Tyrod Taylor in that Jacksonville game—that's probably one of the worst quarterback performances I ever seen in my life. Okay, agreed, agreed. Okay, because we were watching wide open receivers standing, hitting their routes wide open, and I don't know if Tyrod's blind in one eye, or you know maybe he had some, maybe he had hay fever real bad and his vision went down. I don't know. Defensive game, defensive game. B, I understand what you're saying about the defensive game, but there were wide-open Buffalo Bills receivers throughout the game that Tyrod Taylor missed. If you put Drew, if you put Drew Brees at quarterback at Buffalo, I guarantee you it would have been 42 points on the board. But think about it also. It wasn't just the open people he missed. It was the running lanes that he had that he didn't take. Yeah, that too. Also. That too, yeah. But, you know, hey, Kevin, you said something about the Bills and Shady and Clay. Why wouldn't he go to the Jags and have Fournette Lewis yeah. and have the most dominant defense in the league to be able to step into knowing that that defense will take some of that pressure off you because they can get in a second. They can get the strip sacks. That front four is nasty. You got, you go to Minnesota and get the best Defensive backs in the league, so and, and they just went to an AFC championship with Blake Bortles. Yes, and without you can, it's I got if you put them in Minnesota, you plug them into any team outside of Arizona and Cleveland, you're turning them from playoff teams into championship contenders. He's he's going to bring forty five hundred yards passing. All right, he, yeah. he can move a little bit in the pocket, and he get out of the pocket. He's smart enough to get the first down, get down. All right, fellas. I, I, people say he's a dumb quarterback. Fellas, real quick, and then we're going to stop it there. Give me your final. Give me your – who who do you got Kirk Cousins signing with? Everybody. Give me your your, your picks. I'm going with the Broncos. John Elway going to do something. I got to go with the Broncos, too. 
Joni, what you got? You know I'm how to disagree, but uh, that Minnesota Vikings. Let me see. No, I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. If you go with a team that's already put together like that and just need a quarterback, Kirk Cousins is going deep in the playoffs, but he cannot go to a Cleveland Browns. All right, that's it for me. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a prayer up in the air because I am a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm I'm gonna say the Buffalo Bills. I'm gonna throw a prayer up there with some hope and put some little little unicorn dust on it. Hope he sounds a Buffalo. So, but everybody that's and that's all we got for y'all today. We will be back next Saturday, same time, um, around 3:30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, you can hit us up uh, Twitter out of bounds show podcast four. Email out of bounds show podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Definitely, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We're on all those platforms. Please uh, listen, give us reviews. We appreciate everybody listening. Fellas, I appreciate y'all. And everybody have a good day. Hey, y'all do the same. If you want to see out of bounds podcast come to the city near you, just send us an email. There you go.